Hey guys, welcome to True Knows Talk. Jeff here. I don't know if y'all have heard of Anchor, but it's ran by Spotify now. And it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one app or on your desktop. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone and computer. And really, I mean, when hosting on Anchor, you you mean you can distribute your podcast on many platforms. Spotify, Apple, I mean, there's just tons of them, more than I have time to really explain. But the best part about it, really, everything you need is in one place, and it's free. So, guys, go to your app store, download the Anchor FM app, or go online and just put it on your desktop if you got a laptop. Now, I know Chip and Hunter, just like I am, we're ready to kick this thing off. So, y'all can give us the countdown, and we'll see y'all when the show starts. edition of True Knowles Talk. Hope everybody's having a great Friday. Looking forward to that weekend. Looking forward to the men's basketball team playing Georgia Tech on Saturday at 4 p.m. Believe that game's going to be on the ACC Network. Looking forward to some men's baseball starting soon. Going to have a recap in the future for that. Guys, with National Signing Day right around the corner, I want to take a look at a couple of the top uncommitted players that have Florida State on their radar. Uh, first and foremost, there's four-star defensive tackle, Taiwan Malone. He is a big boy. He's 6'3", 300 pounds, out of Oradell, New Jersey. He's New Jersey's number one rated defensive tackle and uh, number – 59 nationally. A lot of insiders are saying that it's down between Ole Miss and Texas A&M with Florida State being a a warm third place. But uh the boy likes to play baseball also. He's a he's a he's a two two sport star. Said he loved the atmosphere when he visited. He loved the uh, energy around the program. He also loved the energy around Dick Hauser Stadium. He got to meet uh, Mike Martin Jr. He got to watch the uh, a fall practice and really get his eyes on the conditioning of that the, the baseball team. He was really impressed. Um, sources state that he's going to try to Zoom call with uh, his three top schools this weekend before shutting it down and making his decision on National Signing Day. So hopefully we can pull him in and steal him from, you know, Jimbo and Lane Kiffin. But then you got wide receiver Destin Hill out of New Orleans, Louisiana. He's a four-star, six-foot, even 200 pounds. All predictions have him coming to us. He has been a knoll at heart since he committed, I believe, back in March even with the teams up and down 
uh, record and performances. He's also now being being uh, recruited by Alabama, LSU, Oklahoma. So we're in we're in the run for for him and them by them four schools. But all the predictions have him coming to us. So that that's a good thing. It's going to bolster our our um, our receiver depth, which is one thing we definitely need for the upcoming year. But the big news out of yesterday was a commit for the 2022 class. And that come in the way of a big man plays weak side defensive end, Aaron Hester. Uh, Aaron's the son of a former Florida State linebacker, Ron Hester. When asked about choosing Florida State, Aaron, he, he didn't lie. He said it definitely was a factor that his father had played for FSU and that it's kind of a crazy feeling to be able to play on the same field that his dad once played for. But he said that his dad's legacy will not be his legacy. He's going to pave his own path, basically. And um, he said he believes in Coach Norvell, Coach Fuller, Odell, uh, Coach Papuchas, and uh, he he said his dad has nothing to do with that. He said he 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 don't care about his dad's legacy or what he did. So that's a good thing. He's he's not trying to live off his his dad's uh, shoestrings. I mean Hester Hester was a six three two hundred twenty one pound was an all first coast third team selection by the Jacksonville Times Union. As an athlete this past year, totaling ten and a half sacks in only eight games, while also touch touches as a running back, so the boy's got a little bit of speed. Uh, he checks a variety of boxes the Knowles are looking for in an edge defender, and uh, you know he, he he continues to pick up some interest. You, He's just recently picked up offers from Michigan. I mean, the boy, the boy's a big-time defensive end. I mean, he's going to if, – if he stays committed, that's the big thing, guys, if he stays committed. I don't really buy a lot of stock in players committing normally this early because we know how it is. You know, look at Luke Altmaier. You know, he was committed to us up until, I want to say, the last week of uh, early signing period. Then he decided to, to jump ship and – Go let uh, Lane Kiffin rub his back, but uh, but but as of right now, Hester is with us. He's a knoll. Hopefully, he stays that way. Um, what's very impressive about him is his hand usage. You know, it shows up in his highlights over and over again. He's very active with his hands, using them to jolt tackles while keeping their arms away from his body. So he's got long arms. That's a good thing we need. Um. In the battle for real estate, this is a vital part to consistently winning the edge and setting the edge. I know I looked at a bunch of his highlights, and uh, a 90% of his battles with offensive linemen, he wins because he's, he's simply just better with his hands. He gets them inside and square into the offensive tackle's chest, pushes and rips at him, you know, and he, he pushes – he gets a good five yards, you know, 
to create the pressure, then he rips and pursues the ball. He's one of them guys that's going to, if he develops correctly, he's going to be a beast of a defensive end. That's something we ain't had since, I'd say, Brian Burns and Joshua Sweat. Um, Hester, you know, he ain't building the same mold as you'd say Patrick Payton or other defensive ends, like like Burns. I mean, Burns was a real lanky-style defensive end, very tall. Uh, he isn't super bendy, and uh, so he's going to have to learn how to bend and get around that edge to, to pursue the ball better. However, he does have enough uh, speed and juice to get off the, the snap to get the job done on a consistent basis. He turns and runs well from the edge positioning, showing a good footstep, redirecting. He's real good at all that. Uh, his strength, I mean, the boy's strong. I mean, straightforward and not super flashy. He's going to go right into their chest and push them off the ball and knock them on their butts. Uh, whether he's taking on blocks, running the ball, or finishing off tackles, he puts his weight into everything, and he does a uh, does a good job at it. You know, the compact upper body combined with long arms is going to be going to help him tremendously. Uh, he's a good pass rusher. Just simply put, he gets after the quarterback and the ball carrier. I mean, he had 17 sacks in the past two seasons in high school using just these traits, and you. You couple that with the coaching staff and all that that we got and how we're going to try to develop him, he's going to do good. You know, the scheme fits him well. The, our, the Fox position, defensive end position, however you want to call it, that's going to bode well for him because the I believe the days of the big, huge defensive ends are a day in, are in the past. I think now that, you know, more schools are going towards the spread offense, trying to spread the field out, you know, your defensive ends are basically just a little bit bigger and bulkier version of a uh, a defensive back. Should be able to play both of them, both kind of positions equally because that's what that's what college football is going to. Do I like it? Honestly, not really. I'm more of a traditional you know, pro-style looking offense type guy. But if it's what we need to fit our scheme, then that's what we need, and I welcome him on board. Um, but, you know, we're, we're kind of loaded up on edge defenders in this past class. So, you know, Patrick Payton we got, George Wilson, Byron Turner, Experience transfer Jermaine Johnson, and then you got defensive tackle Kier Thomas. If they can develop these guys, and I mean, I know Jermaine Johnson, he ain't going to be here but a season, but Kier Thomas, I believe, has uh, two years of eligibility left. So, I mean, that's going to help bolster us. It's also going to help them uh, in the near future. But with the gain of him... I don't know if any of y'all have noticed it, but on uh, Sports 24-7 or Knowles 24-7, they've got the 
Knowles ranked number eight nationally and number one in the ACC as of right now. But like I said, I don't take too much into commitments a year ahead of ahead of time because you never know where it's going to go. Um, just looking at the at the commitments so far, the hard commits. Uh, we got Travis Hunter out of uh, Swanee, Georgia. That boy is a beast. I don't know if any of y'all have ever watched him or watched his highlights, but that boy is a beast. He's number one in the state, number two in his position, and number four cornerback nationally. So, and he's a five star. Like, and he's committed. I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and put him as a commit, just due to the fact that he's had he's had Clemson in his ear. He's had Alabama, I want to say, in his ear. Auburn, and he—he's basically—he's—he's he's basically told all of them to kick rocks. Uh, the crystal ball prediction has him at a hundred percent lock for Florida State. He's been a Knowles fan for a while, so that—that's going to be a good pickup for us. Great, great pickup for the cornerback position, which has been a struggle and a weak spot for our defense in the past. Uh, we got a commitment from a four-star, Quincy McAdoo, out of Clarendon, Arkansas. Six, 375-pound receiver. He's the number one receiver in the state. 28th uh, player overall and 218th nationally. Uh, not much that I know about him. I ain't really dove into him or his stats. Um Knowles 24-7, Sports 24-7 has him really going to Arkansas. They, they Boy, they missed that one. Uh, Auburn, Baylor, Arkansas, Mississippi State was recruiting him other than us, but it uh, looks like old Ron Dugans and, and Kenny pulled that one on him. So hopefully, hopefully he can stay committed to us. I touched on Aaron Hester. He's a three-star. And then we got uh, – A strong side defensive end, Najalik Kelly out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. 6'4", 235. He's a number 28 position in a number 28 player in the state of Florida and number 60. Number He's nationally 530. But uh, not much about him that I know besides it's just as what I can see online. I ain't heard no rumblings. Um, no crystal ball prediction, really. I mean, he's already committed to us. It's got him as a hard commit. So, he's he, more than likely, he's been a Knowles fan for a while, and he's just coming home. Uh, he was recruited by Arizona State and Bethune-Cookman. So, hopefully he can come aboard and produce and do great things for us in the near future. Starting today in through the near future until the beginning of uh, fall camp, more than likely, or until I run out. Um, I'm going to break down the matchups for the upcoming schedule with what the team has lost and looking at their recruiting classes or their transfer portal, see what, uh, see if we can get a general idea of what the matchups are. And right off the bat, if you've seen the schedule, you know, uh, September 5th, it's a Sunday game. 
we take on Notre Dame at home at Doak Campbell Stadium. Uh, last season, Notre Dame was ranked number four in the country until they were defeated by Alabama 31-14 in the college football playoff semifinal. Notre Dame had an overall 10-2 record and was 9-0 in their only full-time year in the ACC. Since the defeat, it's been kind of crazy uh, up there with Notre Dame. Uh, if you keep a track on the portal, you kind you kind of see it with them. You you got a bunch of players leaving via the transfer portal. But you know, like I said in previous podcasts, you know the portal giveth and it taketh away. Notre Dame did pick up one though. They they got former Wisconsin starting quarterback Jack Cohen, who is six three, two hundred and twenty one pounds. Uh, last year, I believe was his only real starting year with Wisconsin and his stats for last, for the, for that year, he, he threw for 2,700 yards, which was 52nd nationally in college among the quarterbacks. He threw for only 18 touchdowns, which was 50, he was tied for 55th. He threw five interceptions. You know, so really, that mean that ain't much of an upgrade. You know, that ain't that ain't even an upgrade from Ian Book. But if you bring one in and you have an influx of people leaving, that's not good on your program. Plus, Notre Dame just got put on what I call a little slap on the wrist probation for a recruiting violation. Uh, the program is already losing big time talent as Aid Aguji, Aaron Brooks, Jermaine. Caramo and Ian Book are headed to the draft. Uh, these players, we figured, would be leaving. Uh, key departures on your defense is the Buckus Award winner, Karamoa. He's projected first-round pick, so that's a big thing. He was 215 pounds, 6'2". Had 11 tackles for loss and one-and-a-half sacks on a COVID-stricken, you know, year uh you got a bunch of key departures on the defense but that's mainly on you portal wise the defense to me was all right at times they 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 really didn't keep notre dame in the games as much as people look at and think uh the offense is what helped notre dame the most and when you when you lose a quarterback that in his career through for almost 9,000 yards, 72 touchdowns, only had 20 interceptions, also ran the ball for 1,500 yards, had 17 rushing touchdowns in Ian Book. I mean, that's a big loss for the offense. Ian Book against FSU, he was 16 for 25 with 201 yards, passing in two touchdowns. He also rushed for 58 yards and one touchdown. Now, you look at the stats – for Florida State for the Florida State game. And you see 16 for 25 for 100 and or 201 yards. Then you look at the opposition that night and that was that was Jay Trav. Jay Trav I want to say was 13 for 25. I want to say he had 203 yards that game. So if you look at our quarterback compared to Ian Book and their quarterback last year, there wasn't much of a a difference. Just the only thing that was different was Ian Book knew his offense. 
that was it. Uh, big loss for uh, Notre Dame. They won't, will not have wide receiver Javon McKinney, McKinley. He was a big-time uh, target for Book throughout the year. Um, while at Notre Dame, he had 985 receiving yards, seven touchdowns. Against the Knowles, he accumulated 107 yards in, on only five catches. That says a lot about how bad our defense was last year. Our defense was atrocious. I believe full-heartedly that the peewee team I used to coach could probably move the ball on our defense quite a bit. Um, offensive line, this is where it really makes me happy. It really, it really lifts my spirit on this one because they lose in all their offensive line except for their center. And, uh, their center, I don't believe, really played. I think he was injury struck, and uh, I know during our game he got poked in the eye and it hurt his eye and he couldn't play much. But you're losing your whole offensive line that had been there for two years, possibly three playing next to each other, learning each other, knowing what to do. Um, that's a good thing. I mean, it's a great thing knowing that a new offensive line that is wet behind the ears and will not have good chemistry, is opening up against us. Hopefully these transfers we got coming in and the players we have returning can just dismantle them and take them apart and just, just do what we do, pin our ears back and just become headhunters like Florida State defenses was in the past and what we need to get back to. Um the, the one thing that scares me about Notre Dame, they do bring back uh, a great running back, Kyrene Williams, who last season he rushed for 1,100 yards on 211 attempts, had 13 touchdowns on the ground, and caught 35 passes out of the backfield for 313 yards. Uh, against Florida State, he had 19 carries for 185 yards and two touchdowns. So he was a big part of their their offense last year against us Knowles. Uh, he also had two catches out of the backfield for 11 yards. That was all given up by the by the by the great Knowles defense last year. You know, the, all the all the hype around them at the beginning of the year. And all in all, I'm not going to give a prediction on this game yet. I'm going to wait till I have my. Uh, True Knowles Talk Roundtable. But I do think the timing is great. For all the Knowles, the timing is very great. Um, for this team to be able to possibly jump out of the gate and take an early victory to open the season, that's, that's tremendous for the Knowles. We have not done that. The Knowles have not won a season opener since 2016 when they defeated Ole Miss 45-34, to 34, and that was DeAndre Francois' first game. That was his freshman year. Um, so I believe that, I believe that we're going to have a good start of the season. I think it's going to bode well. But uh, like I said, later on, I'm going to continue to go through game by game giving my outlook on the team, on what they're 
bringing in losing what they were stat-wise against us last year if we played, uh, the differences. And hopefully we can get a more of an insight on what next year can look like by just breaking down a little bit of the numbers and seeing, you know, what they're losing. Uh, I'm going to end that today with that. I hope you all have a great weekend. I'm going to let uh, Gene take us away. 20, 25, 20, 15, 10.